This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church. Stay tuned and find us online at nagsheadchurch.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nags Head Church. My name is Tom. As Rick said, I'm coming to share a message this morning about faith in our series of great stories, life-changing stories, and we're going to be talking about Abraham and Isaac. Um, but before we get started, I want to um, ask you, anybody remember the Believe It or Not, the Ripley's Believe It or Not series, shows, books? Some of you may have gone to some of the museums. They have different places, I don't know, the restaurants or something, but they have different things there. Um, growing up, I, was, I used to watch it on TV, Ripley's Believe It or Not, with, with Jack Palance, I think it was. And so you would see all these um, uh, bizarre things, you know, and they would present all these different stories. Well, it started in 1918 by a guy named Robert Ripley, and his goal was to travel around the world and also have people that work for him to do research and find different oddities and bizarre people, strange things, people, plants, animals, uh, those kinds of things, places, um, all around the world and share them with people and challenge them to believe it or not. You know, and as it started out, it started out as a newspaper cartoon article kind of a thing um, that, would, that would be published and people would see that. And so they didn't have pictures like we do. They couldn't check it on the Internet. They just would read it in the newspaper and they were challenged, you know, believe it or not, this is a strange thing. And so they were challenged to believe that. And that's kind of how it got started. And this guy, um, Ripley, traveled around to more than 200 countries gathering facts. And, and so as it first started out, probably people were skeptical when they would read a, a strange story. You know, I can, the one that really sticks out, I don't know why, the one that really sticks out in my mind is the lady with the long fingernails, you know, that curl it around, maybe from India. I think so. But anyway, there was all kinds of different stories that people would read in the newspaper. And at one point, like in the 1940s, it was reaching um, up to 8 million people. And so they would read that. And, and after a while, they knew that they, were, they could trust the stories because they, they found out the backstory. you know, that this guy um, was doing this research and he was traveling around getting all these facts and that, that it was, they were odd, but they were true. And they could trust that because of so many different um, stories that they had put in there. And so even though they were challenged to believe it or not, you could believe what was in the newspaper and what he had, the stories that he was sharing. Sometimes for us, when it comes to God's words, to, God's, to the Bible, um, it can be the same way. You know, we can be challenged, believe it or not. And this um, summer, as we're going through this series called Life-Changing Stories, we're sharing with you stories that you picked out that you like in the Bible and that you challenge us to share on Sunday morning with you and with you know, all our guests and everything. And so these stories sometimes can be really tough to believe sometimes. They can be hard to, to understand. And so in a couple of weeks, you know, you might have seen out there in the foyer, there's a big fish hanging up there. In a couple of weeks, Bernie and Steve are going to share the story of Jonah. And sometimes, you know, we have to accept that story by faith. You know, it's hard to believe sometimes that someone could be swallowed by a big fish and then spit out. You'll hear about that in a couple of weeks, like we said. But these true stories challenge us in our faith, but they also help us and build up our faith. When we hear these stories, we're challenged to believe it or not. It's not just enough that to believe these stories as good stories, 
But as Christians, we believe that these stories are true stories, that they really did happen, and that God is trying to teach us a lesson in these stories. And that's what faith is all about, right? It's about trusting that these stories are true. It's about believing the story of Jonah or whatever story it may be that we're reading in the Bible and the challenges that come from those stories. That's what our faith is about. And for some people, it's easy. For me, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, I heard these stories since I was a little kid at Bible school and you know, Sunday school and summer Bible school and from my mom and my parents. And just hearing these stories, you know, all in my life, they're easy for me to believe, especially when I come and, and read them in the Bible. But for some people, it's really difficult for them to accept what God's Word says or what these stories say as truth especially if you're raised in a different faith or a different country or different culture. Uh, it can be really difficult to place your faith in what the Bible has to say about these different people who went through these different events in their lives. And even for Americans um, that uh, may struggle in their faith, for some people it's just a difficult thing to do, to place their faith, that even there's a one true God. Some people have a struggle with that, that they can't really come to terms that there's this one God over the whole universe. And so they, um, they, they have a hard time believing that. And even for people who, who believe that there is a God, will acknowledge that, okay, there is a God, but I can't really wrap my mind around the fact that one God would, would give his only son, Jesus Christ, to come and die as a sacrifice for our sin on the cross and be raised from the dead. I just can't put my... So a lot of people, they just can't put their minds around that and their faith around that and accept that. It's hard for them. But even for us, I would imagine that most people here this morning are Christians. Uh, there may be some people here that are struggling in their faith and are not really sure about what they believe. They're seeking and searching and if you may be here this morning and you're not really sure about Christ, um, our, goal, our, our, our desire for you is that you would place your faith in him this morning. But if you are, I would imagine, um, if you are here this morning, I would imagine that most people have, have stepped across that line of faith. But even for us as Christians, you know, we still have those tests of faith that come in our life. There's things that we... Um, that we have to wrestle with sometimes in our daily life that test our faith. Then there's those times that, you know, not just the regular day-to-day -day things, but there's really hard tests that come our way that really stretch our faith in God, the really, really hard times. And so this morning, one of the stories we're going to read about Abraham and Isaac is one of those stories in Abraham's life that really tested his faith. We can be challenged in our lives to believe it or not, just like Abraham was. If you grew up in Sunday school, as I said, if you're um, a Christian, and you've probably read this story, even if you've uh, started, you know, like a lot of us do, start in January and start reading through the Bible, you probably read through this in Genesis, because uh, usually most everybody gets through that before they, they fall out. But if you've been around church or if you've been around Sunday school, you've probably heard this story. You might have even seen a picture like this on the, the flannel graft or in Sunday school or whatever. So I can remember this from way back when I was a kid. You've heard this story 
um, and, and you know the, the, what happens and, and that kind of thing. But if you're a, a non-believer, if you've never really heard this story, this can be a real struggle. This can be a real believe-it-or-not story. If you've never heard the story of Abraham and Isaac, um, because it's a tough story to hear sometimes if you're not a believer. But let's take a look at this. We're going to read through this, and then we're going to talk about some things about faith and how they relate to this story. Um, as we read through this, Genesis chapter 22, you can take your Bibles out or if you have your phones, iPads, whatever, follow along. Uh, this is from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is in our pews and our chairs there. You can look in those, look those up in Genesis 22 and follow along with me. All right, verse 1 says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham? And Abraham answered, Here I am, he answered. Take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men his son and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked on together. Verse 7, Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father, and he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, Here I am. Then he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place, The Lord will provide. So today it is said, It will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham and a second time from heaven he said, by myself I have sworn this is the Lord's declaration. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the, the gates of their enemies and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command. So as we read through this story of Abraham and Isaac, we see that God is testing his faith. He is putting them through an extreme test, a test that we will never face. We'll, I can almost guarantee you that God's never going to ask you to take your child and sacrifice your child. 
That was specific. It was unique to Abraham's situation, the demand that God gave him, the test that God gave him. But each one of us will be tested at some point. While we will never be tested the way Abraham did, every believer will be tested in his or her faith at some point. One of the things that's exciting about being here on Sunday morning, especially as I go around and meet different people as they come in um, to our services, week to week it almost seems like you're always meet, we're meeting different people that are here checking us out or, or trying to find answers. They're searching for answers. They're searching for something to trust in. They're searching for things to believe in. And so it's exciting when we, we meet people like that who are searching Usually they're going through some kind of difficulty in their life. They're going through something that they may be um, uh, testing their faith or maybe they don't have faith and they're searching for something to trust in. And that's what we're here for as Nags Head Church, to be that light to people, to bring them hope. Challenges that come to us, each, each one of us, whether we're um, a non-believer, or whether we're Christians, each one of us faces those tests in our lives. They come from different areas in our life that bring us uh, tests or, or trials or whatever it might be that we're going through. You know, one of the things that, that can really test our faith is other people, right? The struggle that we have with dealing with one another just in our daily lives, the relationships that we have, they can really put a strain on our faith. Another thing is just the simply the keeping the demands that God wants us to when we want, He wants us to obey Him. Just God's demands, just the simple um, trying to live out my life of faith and follow Him and be um, faithful to Him can be a test of my faith. Another thing that tests other people is their help when they struggle with that, when they have those um, different um, ailments in their lives or in someone that they love struggling with their health the daily pressures or difficulties that pile up in our life, the stress day to day. A lot of people deal with addictions, and those test their faith. They test their um, belief that, you know, I I can serve God faithfully, the struggles that they have with that. A lot of times, too, people, I, I like that song that we just sang, you know, sometimes it's just hard to follow God and keep my faith when things are going real good. You know, when things are just smooth like that, sometimes we can lose our faith or lose sight of what God wants us to be. Some people fail the test of faith when they, when faith, these tests come their way because they have the notion that um, I'm not going to face any test. Uh, there's a myth out there that goes like this that, you know, a lot of people think that the closer I get to Christ, the more obedient I am, the more I grow in my faith, the closer I am to God, the easier my life's going to be. And that's just not true. It's just the opposite. God doesn't promise to keep us safe or happy or healthy or free from trouble. As a matter of fact, Jesus in John 16, when he was talking to his disciples, he said to them that you're going to have troubles. He told them that you're going to have troubles, but in those troubles, I can bring peace to you if you trust in me. And so as Christians, we can expect to be tested in our faith. Our faith is what helps us get through those tests. 
Faith is trusting something we can't see, but have evidence that it exists. Hebrews 11.1 1 says like this, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Trusting something that we can't always see, but we have the evidence because of God's past faithfulness and his past working. We have the faith that, they, that these promises are true. Sometimes faith is a hard thing to understand and explain. You know, a lot of times we talk to people and we try to explain. They, they ask us, why do you believe this? Why do you believe the Bible? Why do you believe there is a God? Why do you believe that Jesus lived? Sometimes it's hard for us to explain why that faith is inside of us. Sometimes it's like oxygen. I think about oxygen this week. I was kind of thinking about the different things in our faith. You know, you can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't hear it. You can't feel it. But I know one thing. If I don't have it, I'm going to die, right? And we believe that, but we don't always understand how that works. Faith is the same way. A lot of times we have a hard time understanding it or explaining it. Abraham knew that he could trust God in this test that he was going through, that God was putting him through, because God had showed him that he was faithful to him in the past, and so he could believe the promises that God had made to him in the past and that he was faithful to keep those. We can be sure of the promises that God gives to us because we've also seen not only God keep his promises to past saints like Abraham and Jonah and Moses, all those Old Testament saints, and even in the New Testament, how God is faithful to his servants. But we can also be assured that God keeps his promises because he's done the same thing for us in the past or for friends that we have, people that we know who have who've gone through different tests, different hard times. And so God gives us a lot of different promises that he promises he will keep. Some of those are in the New Testament. We talk about that God promises that he's going to bless us. He's going to give us abundant life, not a rich life, but an abundant life. He also promises that he'll bring forgiveness, that he'll give us, provide forgiveness for him if we place our faith in him and what Christ has done for us. He promises that forgiveness of our sins. What a great promise we can lean on. He also promises to give us peace. He promises to give us rest. He promises to give us power through his Holy Spirit. He promises to keep us, to hold us to never let us go. He also promises that one day we'll spend eternity with him. You know, all these promises we can trust because he's always been faithful in the past. But because we can't always see, faith can be difficult for us. By definition, faith must be tested or it's not faith. John Maxwell wrote this. He says, A faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. A faith that has not been tested cannot be trusted. It's a modern-day idiom that teaches, you know, what the Bible says throughout, that God is going to test our faith and that for our faith to be strong and to be true, it has to be tested, it has to be tried. If we are truly committed to our faith in God, then we will and we must be tested some way. And though it won't be fun, 
in the short run, but God is doing something to each one of our lives to build our faith and help us to build endurance and perseverance. This week, um, a lot of you know this, um, that our daughter, one of our daughters, is pregnant, and she's eight months pregnant. We thought last week that she, the baby was going to come a little earlier, my grandson, that he was going to come a little early, and so um, she was in the hospital, and her husband was there. We were helping take care of um, Ellie, the four-year-old, and um, we were at the hospital. Oh, I think we were at the hospital or something, and she wanted something really bad, probably candy, I don't remember, because that's her favorite thing. But <laughs> She couldn't wait, and I was like, I can't wait. And it was neat to see Lauren and Rich talk to her about patience. You remember when we talked about patience? God wants to build patience in our life, and we do that by waiting sometimes. And so it's exciting to see them teach her that. But these tests come in our lives to help build those things in our life, to help build patience and perseverance in our faith. These tests come to build that in each one of us in different ways. And your test is going to be different than my test. One thing I've learned throughout the years of, of being around Christians and being in church is it seems like the stronger our faith, the stronger one person's faith, the, the more they're devoted to Christ, the closer they follow Him, the stronger the test is, the more severe the test is. Have you seen that in people's lives before? I know I have. I knew someone who was very close to God, who um, was very devoted to, to following Him. And, and if you looked at this person, you would say, that's a godly person. You know, they, they are seeking to follow Him and to be obedient. And I kept thinking to myself, as I knew this person a few years back, and that, you know, someday God's going to test that faith because I could tell it was a very strong faith. And I was right. This person was tested in a very extreme way, and they came through. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, Tom, that might be just an deter- a deterrent from having a strong faith, right? You're like, I don't want to go through a hard test. I want to go through an easy test. So maybe I won't have a strong faith, but that's not what God wants. He wants us to have a very strong faith in Him. He wants us to depend on Him for everything. And so He brings those tests to us. If we walk around saying, Buddy was here in the last last gathering. If we walk around saying, I'm strong, I'm a strong man, I'm a weightlifter, I can lift or I can bench whatever, I don't know what, bench is two, three hundred pounds. Sooner or later, someone's going to say to you, Okay, let's see you prove that. If someone who walks around and, and says, I'm a great surfer, I can surf the biggest waves, I can ride the best waves, sooner or later somebody's going to give you a surfboard and tell you to jump in the ocean. We want to see what you got, right? And the same thing is true with Abraham. He was to be the father of our faith, Romans says. And so his test had to be extreme to prove his faithfulness. He would be someone that we would look up to as the father of our faith, Romans says. He's the father of our faith because he trusted God just like we have for salvation, but he also trusted God in different situations. That faith showed itself obedient when he was tested. When God called him to do something, he was obedient to that. Next, these stories help us also to grow in our own struggle of faith. When we look at the list of Bible stories that we talked about 
uh, we're talking about this summer. We asked people to pick these stories out, the favorite stories that they want us to share about. All these stories are these are are, are pictures of people who had tests in their lives or who had tr- trials in their life and have come through faithfully, and God has met their needs. And God has helped them to come through with faith. Abraham's story is a story of testing of his faith. The story of Abraham and Isaac didn't just start on that mountain as they were walking up there and as Abraham was going to offer his son. That's not where this faith story started. It started years before when God promised him and when God asked him to leave his homeland and follow him some 35 years earlier. The backstory is, you know, if you like I said, if you've been around church, if you read through Genesis, you know the story. But real quick, this man Abram, Abram was in, in a land with his family, with his tribe, his, um, and, and God called him out of that land, a land that was familiar to him, to go to a strange land. So he took his wife and his nephew, and they went and they traveled in this land, and God said, uh, he made him some promises then. He said, first of all, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. And you're going to be, um, you're, not only that, but your family, your ancestors are going to bless the whole world. They're going to be a blessing to the whole world. All the people on the earth will be blessed through your family. So Abram follows God. He obeys him and goes where God wants him to go. Takes his wife, Sarai, and, and they travel to this land that they didn't know. He takes his beautiful 65-year-old wife, Right? Because she knows, we know that she's beautiful because the Bible says she was. And also, these other kings wanted to take her as their wife. And so we know that fact, even though they're older in, and she's older in age. Um, there was a family in the land, and, and Abram and he took his family, he took his uh, people to Egypt. And that's where the king wanted to marry Sarai and take her for his wife. But God protected them through that and, and kept them together. God made a covenant with God, with Abram and told him that if um, um, that he that he was to trust in him and he did and, and it says that God accounted that faith that trust as righteousness in his account in Abram's account and so he made a covenant with him, a promise. Abraham and or Abram and Sarah before they changed their name um, cooked up a plan to have a son. We know with with her slave, and, and that was uh, not the plan that God had had for them. And, and so they, they did that, and the, the son was born, but not the heir. And so God reaffirmed his promise to Abram. He changed his name to Abraham and Sarah and made him a, reaffirm the promise. He said, he said, your old lady's going to have a baby. And my wife hates that when I say that. But that's what God said. Not, that, was, that was kind of a paraphrase. But he said, you're going, to have a la- you're going to have a child in your old age. And he made that promise to them, reaffirmed to them, that, that even though you know, all these years you've waited for the promised son, he would be the heir. You will have the son in your old age. And we know that he did. When Abraham was 100 and Sarah was nine, around 90 years old, uh, they had a son, Isaac, the promised son. And of course, they loved this son. But Abraham also had another son that he had to send away, and I'm sure that broke his heart as he had to do that. But he still had faith that God had made these promises to him and that Isaac was the promised son, that he would be the one 
that God would bless and would be his heir. So Abraham's story comes to this mountain and this test that God is putting him through, not in a vacuum, but because God had been working through his life and God had been faithful in these promises and bringing him this son that he promised he would give. Abraham's life was not perfect. Fortunately for Abraham, this ultimate test came when his faith was strong, because his faith wasn't always strong. Sometimes Abraham doubted. Sometimes Abraham didn't do quite what God wanted him to do. Two different times he lied about his wife to save his own life, to protect himself. And also, as we talked about, he and Sarah took their, the maid and, and had a son with her instead. But even though his life wasn't perfect, this test, that this final extreme test, came at a time when Abraham's faith was strong because he was leaning on the promise. He knew because God had been faithful in giving him the son that he had promised him, he knew he could trust God. And so he was able to go to that mountain and do just what God wanted him to do. Abraham's most, most difficult test came at a time when God's faithfulness to him had been proven. And for us, wouldn't it be nice if all the tests we faith, face came when our faith was at its strongest? Wouldn't that be nice? But it always doesn't happen that way, does it? Sometimes these tests come to us when we're at our weakest or when we're, we're struggling in our faith or when we're not quite as obedient as we should be. And so that's when we fail those tests. Seeing how these stories come together, the ones that we're telling throughout the summer and this story of Abraham and Isaac, it helps build, us, build our faith up. It helps build my faith when I hear these stories of people struggling, but also when I hear the stories of them being faithful to God in their faith. Today we're going to celebrate communion. That's why the table's set up. We're going to remember what Christ did for us on the cross. And when I hear the story, when I read the story of Abraham and Isaac, the whole point of this is, of course, to see Abraham's faith and see his faithfulness and keep being obedient to God. But it was also a story that would point them in his time and many generations to come to the cross. It was a story to show them that one day... Christ would come, and he would come and be that sacrifice. I can imagine um, in chapter in, in Acts, you know, when you read through those stories of Paul the Apostle going into the synagogues, the Jewish synagogues, and, and it says they sat down and reasoned. I can imagine him bringing this story up of Abraham and Isaac and saying, look, look at the parallels between this story and Jesus' story. How can you miss that? So we're going to read through this real quick. It's because we don't have a lot of time, but as we read through these verses, I want you to see the parallels between the story of Abraham and Isaac and how it points to the cross and how it points to Christ. Number one, verse two says, God told him to take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love. And we all know John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Matthew three seventeen says, And behold, a voice, a voice out of the heavens saying, 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Number two, verse two says that God says, and offer him there as a burnt offering. First Corinthians 15, three says, for I deliver to you as of first importance that I also receive that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And Romans 5, eight says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, not lastly, excuse me, number three, verse two, it says, Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Many scholars believe that this mountain that Isaac and Abraham went to and that Abraham was going to offer his son as an offering, many scholars believe that this is the same mountain that the temple was built on, the same mountain that King David, Abraham's, one of Abraham's descendants, went and worshipped on. It, many believe it's the same mountain that Jesus was crucified on. It was the same area. Hebrews 12, 13, 12 says, Therefore Jesus also suffered outside the gate, so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Number four, verse six says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And John seventeen nineteen seventeen says, they took Jesus, therefore, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of the skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. So you see the parallels of how Isaac, that he laid the, the wood on Isaac, and the same thing, the cross was laid on Christ. Number five, verse eight says, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. So we see that on the mountain with Abraham and Isaac, there was a ram stuck. God provided that ram. And Jesus is the sacrifice for us. And the, Hebrew, and the uh, prophet Isaiah says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. And John the Baptist said, Looking at Jesus, he said the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So did Abraham foresee that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would be crucified on that same mountain that he took Isaac up to? Jesus said in John eight fifty six, he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So God provided the sacrifice that we would need. He also provided the sacrifice that Abraham needed to save his son Isaac. But God also provided the sacrifice, his son Jesus, to die on that same mountain for our sin and save us. Number six, verse 12 says, And he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. And we can fast forward to Hebrews 11. This happened some 2,000 years before Hebrews was written. But it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and he was offering his unique son, the one it had been said about, Your seed will be traced 
through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead, and as an illustration, he received him back. So Abraham's faith was so strong that he knew God had made this promise to him that this son Isaac, he will be, he will be the promised son. He will be the one that all nations of the earth will be blessed through, this son Isaac. So Abraham had the faith to know that God had made that promise. He was going to keep the promise even if God demanded that he sacrifice his son. He believed that he could bring him back from the dead. He had that strong of faith in his God. And so he took the son up there and he was obedient to him because of that. The illustration is this, that just like Isaac was saved from death, it was almost like he was guaranteed to be killed, to be sacrificed. He was guaranteed to be gone, but he, Abraham believed that he would bring him back from the dead. The same thing is true with Christ. Even though he went to the cross for us and he died, he came back to life. He regained that life. And so Isaac, is, it says, is like a type of Christ in that his life was saved and so was our Savior's. He came back from the dead. In this story of um, Abraham and Isaac, there's so many things that we're not told. You know, you don't see it in the, the Scriptures, Isaac's reaction as his dad bound him and laid him up on the wood and he was getting ready to sacrifice him. But when we come to the story of Jesus, we do see his reaction. We know that the night that he was betrayed, he got his disciples together and they had a meal together, the Last Supper. And he was teaching them even then what was about to happen. And he told them that he was going to go to the cross and he was going to suffer for them and that he would bleed. And today, as we have communion, we remember that. We remember what Christ did for us on that cross. He wasn't just going to die. He was going to take the sin of the world onto himself. I want to pray. Let's pray right now. Father God, we're so thankful for who you are, the God who loves us, the God who's faithful, the one who promises to keep us, to save us when we place our faith in you. God, each one of us struggles. We each one have tests in our lives that cause us to be weak in our faith. God, this week I pray that you will help us through those. Different people have different tests and things that come up in their life that cause them not to trust you or to turn away. So God, I pray for um, each one of us here that you would make us strong this week in our faith. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church. Love God, love others, reach the world.